Amen. Thanks, Clint. It's lucky to have the kids here with us. Um, this morning felt like, hey, we want to make space um, just for things to, to happen a little bit different. I know we could have continued in worship, but really felt like just um, there's a word for us. And I trust that we're going to go back into worship and just respond in a time of worship um, just to, to the word that God has laid on my heart this morning. And I, I want to say this, and I'll tell you now why I'm saying this, but it's really lack of me to be here with us this morning. It's like it to see your faces. And I want to encourage us that we don't miss these opportunities to be together, that we don't miss the, the, the value that it carries, that when we come into the church and people greet you and love you and hugs and how's it going, I heard you were sick or I heard how's this going, just even being able to know that you can pick up the phone and someone can pray for you over the phone, like for Natalie, like these are special and precious moments. And sometimes when we're in it, it's sometimes difficult to realize the value and the weight that it carries. But I want to encourage us that when you go just a little bit outside of the doors to the neighbors, you realize like having this is not a small thing. It's actually some people look, go through their whole life not ever experiencing love beyond a mom and a dad or a spouse, but actually having people come around them being friends to them, people willing to lay down their lives for one another. There's no small thing that we have here. And this morning, as we go into the Word, um, I want to encourage us that just even as we look around, that you look around at those that are sitting around you, because I believe that God has placed each and every one of us here for a time such as this. Amen? And what's been clear is that we can see that God is moving. God is moving all around. Even just this morning, it's like you can't stop it from going like, hey, there's even a testimony that God is doing something in coming to church. God is moving without any worship team, without any like wusa and all of that. Like, no, it's just God is coming and He's moving. It's like just He's doing it wherever saints are willing to step out and tap into Him, He starts moving. Amen? And um, over this past couple of weeks, we've seen quite a bit of that. We've seen... Some deliverances happening in, in, in worship without anybody praying for them. People being uh, like delivered, like this depression moving, like people coming into health, people being able to kick habits, something of Jerome, just God enabling us and moving in and among us. And these things are not natural. It's supernatural. I mean, and we've got to look at that and go, there's nothing in this world that can do that. It's only God and the Spirit of God that can move in and amongst these people and amongst us and start bringing healing and start lifting up where you can't lift your hands and now you can lift your hands where you stop smoking. And it's like there's some people that go for years and years and their whole lifetime trying to keep a habit. And here God comes and in an instance, He gives you the power to overcome and let loose of that thing. It's supernatural. And we've got to acknowledge God in our midst. Because if we don't, if we become like the Israelites, that God brings manna from above. They get to be fed in the desert. And then the next moment, they just fall back into their unbelief and sin. And, and it's like, man, how, how bad is that? <laughs> I mean, and we don't want to be like that. We want to learn from that. We've seen salvations and recommitments in communities. Like I know Carlos and Crisan's community, like a couple of salvations, baptisms. Where, where is 
So you, this morning, like last Sunday, God is coming and like pushing on his heart, like you need to get baptized, like in, in, a, in a moment. And so it's just like we can see God moving, God touching. We had a time of lead, with the leaders, with Len and Hetty that was here with us. And just in that time, God opening up hearts. I spent time with a community leader um, over this uh, in the week and just speaking about what God did in their hearts. And you realize there's a healing and there's life that God has been breathing into their hearts. And man, God is moving. No amount of psychology or pills or talking to someone or talking through things can do that amount of work and healing. But yet God comes and poof, and he does something in our hearts. And when he does it, we're changed forever. Amen? But I do believe that God is coming and bringing to us a time where he's not just showing us who he is, but actually wants us to run with him. In this week, we had Andrew... Um, speaking to us about what is coming and just what he believes and what he's calling us to as a church and what he believes the word for us as a church, as Josh Jane and a movement, a greater movement for 12th apostolic movement, what is what God is busy doing? And when he spoke, the thing that I heard is I hear an invitation from God saying, come and join me in what I want to do in the earth. Amen. And so with that, there's a couple of, I'm going to just move into a couple of things, but there's a couple of things that are, that are coming up over this next month of May. And I believe it's important for us to know about it um, and to be able for us to give ourselves to it. Because God can bring the gifts and the apostolic into us, but if we're not ready to receive it, we'll miss the value of what it brings. Amen. And so in Acts 2, I think it's here, there in the corner, if you didn't know it, but somebody, I won't name him, he's sitting here, did it without us knowing. Um, and uh, they put Acts 2, 42. I think they, they yeah, it made it right. Not Acts 2, 2, 42. There's no Acts 42. But Acts 2, verse 42 to 47, speaks about the people of God, the first church, and how they experience in the Holy Spirit, and what that experience in the Holy Spirit caused in them. And they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. And so for us as a church, as a movement, we're based on that. Because it's what we see is the blueprint for church. Amen? And so in that, we've got a time coming up on the 8th of May. That's next week Sunday. We've got Brad Verena uh, coming. And he's going to come and preach here in Edgemead AM. Okay? It's super awesome. I'm so excited about it. He leads a big work in um, PE, part of our 412 um, network of churches, Oxygen Life. And God has just really been like doing an amazing work in that in that church, and I'm excited for what he, he is going to come and bring into us. And I know this, that if we can receive it for him, for the gift that he is, and if we can receive the word that he brings, we will be changed forever. Not just as a church or as a congregation, but as individuals. See, church is it's not an institution or it's not a set of rules or a system. No, it's organic. And each and every one of us sitting here this morning, we can either change it for the better or make it harder to work. And so when the apostolic comes in, it's like they come in and it like touches every cell of this body. 
And as every cell of this body comes into health, the body comes into health. Amen? And so I want to encourage us to, to, to get here. Then on the 9th of May, the evening just after, it's our monthly prayer meeting. Now I'm not going to say something about it now. I'll get back to that later. And then on the 22nd, but it's an important time. And then on the 22nd of May, we've got Ashley Gabriel. Ashley leads a congregation in Ark churches. They're in the UK, and they're coming down for a time of apostolic, pray, apostolic preaching. Now, on the 15th and the 22nd of May, the whole of Josh Jane is going to be flooded with the apostolic coming in and preaching everywhere. And so, for us as Josh Jane, not just for us as HMIT AM, there's going to be a major advancement, I believe, that's going to come into us. And, and if we take what Andrew has said, that God is coming and God wants to move, then we've got to realize, like, this is the way that God comes and He brings and He puts things in place. And that's my feeling for us as a congregation, is that God is setting us up and He's preparing us for what He wants to come and do. We've had a number of words of where we hear God saying, like, He wants to come in like a flood. He wants to come in like a raging body of water. You guys remember that word from Patty? That thing is something that I could go, I can hear the thunders of it. I can hear the roar of the waters coming. And I think it's important for us in this time to position our hearts and to, to make sure that we, we hooked in in the right places so that we can receive it. And we prepare the ground in our hearts. Amen. From the, the video that Andrew has spoken about, um, that I've, I'm speaking about, there's a scripture that stood out, um, and it says this. Listen, Mark 1 Verse 3, listen, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is, he is a thunderous voice of one who shouts in the wilderness. And he's saying, he's saying this, the messenger is saying this, prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord Yahweh, and clear a straight path inside your hearts for him. And so in this, I want to encourage us, this is the position that we need to find ourselves in here this morning and as we go into this next season. And this morning, I want to speak a little bit about this next season. And I just want to, for the sake of having a, 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 a title and just to help you and me, is God is moving, are you? God is moving, are you? And even just this morning, we can see God is doing things. God is touching hearts. God is stirring things. Like this morning as we're sitting here, these guys in our congregation out in Milnerton serving in, in the Kiddish church there. And all around, I believe God is wanting to activate. And as He activates, He wants to, in a sense, uh, send us out to go do His work. And I believe we're coming into a time of where we're going to see God working even more. And there's drips and drabs and things coming through, and we're experiencing it, and it's amazing. Just in worship, there's something there that you can feel. It's like, it's, it's like this, this tension. <laughs> like just you, you feel that there's more. You feel it's like it just, just wants to come. And I, and I believe for us it's important to switch our hearts on so that we're aware of what is happening around us. Because I believe that God wants to come and work. God is moving. And we've got this, this decision to make. Are we going to move with Him? 
are we going to move with Him? I know for me, I want to move with God. I don't want to resist God. Is there anybody here this morning that feels like, you know what, Adrian, I want to resist God? Thanks, I see that hand. eh? No. No. We don't want to resist God. Who wants to move with God? Come, keep up your hand. Who wants to move with God? Okay, let me see. Whose hand's not up? Martin. No. No, we want to move with God. We read the Bible and we read what God does with people when they start moving with Him. And I'm going like, man, I want to see that. This week, we, I can't remember, was, we're praying for something, and, it, and it, this picture came to mind of the, the eunuch that God, like, touched him, and this oak started running. Usain Bolt had nothing on him. This guy was running out in front of the chariots. This oak was running under the Spirit of God, and God was moving. God was doing something, and to the naked eye, it looks like, what is happening? This is alien. But yet God had a plan and a purpose, and that eunuch was meant to be somewhere where God had a work for him to do. Amen? And so when I read stuff like that, when I read of a little boy that brings his loaves and fishes, and I go like, man, God, I, wanna, I want you to use my few loaves and fishes. I want you to use it because I want to see that happen. It's not the strong men. It's not the big guys. It's not the... No, it's the each and every person that says, God, here am I, that God says, come. But in it, there's a price. There's a price of saying, leave behind what you think your life is about. Pick up your cross and follow me. That means it's taking and partaking part of Jesus' life. We've got to let, let go of the old things. We've got to let go of our lives and give over so that we can run with Him. And in running with Him, we see Him coming and doing great things. So my question to us, again, are we going to move with Him? Or are we going to resist Him? And there's some real things that, that, we, that we find in our way to resist God. Because when we start hearing what God wants and what He wants to do, it's a great idea out there. But in here, we know there's a great possibility that it's going to threaten the way I live. The way I like my life to be. Because right now, you can kind of be the captain of your own ship. But when you say, God, I want to move with you, it means he becomes the captain of your ship. Where you sleep, he tells you. Where you eat, he tells you. Where you spend your money, he tells you. And that threatens us. And it's a fearful thing. I'm going to acknowledge that, be the first one to acknowledge it. That threatens our way of life. We are fearful of what we will be asked to do. Even just this morning, we asked um, Emily. She's like, uh, 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 okay, she's going to give it. And man, that was such a cool picture for me. Because even in it for me sometimes, when God comes and he asks me something to do, I go, uh, uh, 
God, I, I, I don't know. It's like almost like I want to sometimes close my eyes and just go, okay, God, kind of just fall into it. Because it's scary. Who's going to ask us to give up stuff? We might lose things. Lose a promotion. Or lose possibly the idea of having a big house and a beautiful car. And okay, go, cool, God, send me. Here I am. And God says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you. I want you to go build church in Afghanistan or Ukraine. Like, why not? Why not? There's people there that are in need of the gospel. They're not in need of money. Yes, maybe. They're not as much in need of food. Yes, they are in need of food. But the thing that they need more than food, water, money, even a roof over their heads, is the gospel. And are we willing to go, okay, God, yes, you're moving. We want to move with you. Or are we going like, no, God, we want to resist you. This morning... This is what my heart is for us, and I want to believe is in the Lord's heart. My heart is for us that we would be absolutely sold out to the work of the gospel of our Lord Jesus in our hearts, and through that, that we would take our lives, our families, our money, our work, where we live, what we do, and say, God, here we are. God, here we are. Use us. And that everything from that point on forward that we say, God, our hearts and our desire is to burn for you. Is to live for your glory. See, we can, there's many churches out there that every Sunday they give you a theological preach and they make you go, how, all what God thinks about you and the plans that God has for you. And you get Christians that sit and get puffed up by the knowledge and they feel secure by those theological words. But there's no resolve in their hearts to actually live out what God has called them to do. And I believe we're coming into a time where God is going to where it's going to be difficult to just sit. <laughs> because the challenge is this, that from all around us, we've got the world coming from all kinds of places, trying to get our focus, trying to make you just carry on and just be okay with where you're at, and like trying to f- catch us. And God is actually saying like, hey, with the things that's going on in this world, it's not what I'm about. I'm about the kingdom that is coming. And that kingdom is coming is not accessible if you don't have Jesus' blood marking you. And so he's putting his power in our hands and saying, go. Go and preach the gospel. Go and live out this great salvation that I've poured out in your heart. See what it does. Now there's a, a scripture that I want to read us. And it speaks of the days that we are in. And it uses the terminology, in the last days. Now, when it speaks here of in the last days, 
it's speaking of since the time that the Holy Spirit has been poured out till the time that Jesus is coming back. And it says this. In the last days, Acts 2, verse 17 to 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. So we see God is coming, and He's saying, like, I'm going to give them my Spirit, and my Spirit will move in them, with them, wherever they go. Who here is old men? <laughs> A couple of guys that are not old. <laughs> it says they will dream dreams. Why dreams? It's because it wants, the Spirit of God wants to stir up that there's still something to do. The Spirit of God wants to activate. See, if we stop dreaming about the things that God can do, we stop functioning. And although we, there might be many, there's not that many old men, but I think for all of us, there's a sense of where possibly we could have stopped dreaming. And so in, in effect of that, we've become, we've stopped moving. Because there's nothing that's driving in our hearts. Am I talking French here today? Or is this actually hitting in your heart? For the young men, it's being visions. Why visions? Because a vision is something of a future. Something that lies ahead. And it needs strength. It needs young men to rise up and say, today I'm not going to stick with what I have, but I'm looking forward and I'm, I'm going for it. Again, the Spirit comes and wants to activate. It wants to activate within us a desire to see the kingdom of God come and move all around us wherever we go. See, we can see also the opposite of that happening. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 5, it says this, and you'll hear again. And it speaks again of the last days. It says, but mark this, and this is not said to, um, this is not said to unbelievers. This is said to believers, to you and me, the church. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying it its power. Have nothing to do with people such as this. When we look at those things, one of the commentaries, it says this, that the list begins and ends with references to misplaced love. <laughs> 
Jo. When the love of God comes into us, these things that we read here should be so far away from us. Because the love of God regenerates and makes a new person. It puts away the flesh and it breathes life into the spirit man. And this spirit man cannot be alive without the spirit of Jesus. And in this, God is coming and He's giving us a choice. What are you going to choose? I'm moving. Are you moving with me? I believe for some of us, we've misplaced our love. We come into the gospel and come into to Jesus coming and saving our lives and we realize, oh man, I want to give my life to him. I realize I need a savior. I'm going to hell without Jesus. Now this is not eternal burn kind of thing. This is just the reality. There's no way without Jesus. And so we realize this, and as we get the gospel coming into us, we're feeling life, and it's love, and it's our oh, green fields and green pastures, and we just see God moving in and around us, and then we all of a sudden get onto this place of where we, we grab our seat. Let's grab a seat here. Oh, man. Whew. I'm getting to heaven. Okay. Okay, now let me, let me read some Bible. And let's check how all the other Christians are doing this. Mm, yeah. Michaela, you can, uh, not such a good nurse, eh? Sure, I could have loved there a little bit more, Michaela. We start looking at one another. And this love that's been poured out in our hearts gets misplaced. Take our eyes off Jesus. And what we're left with is we're left with a whole bunch of Christians around us. It's never measuring up. They're never good enough. It's always a problem, and I'm always right. God has actually come, never called us to sit down. He called us to move with Him. He called us to be a people that is a bunch of sojourners. We're a bunch of pilgrims. Uh, uh, um, Thanks, Dave. Pilgrims moving around to wherever He is. I wonder what it would have done in the Israelites if throughout, even before they got into the promised land, that they realized that the promised land is not actually a place, but it's the presence of God. What would have happened? And this morning, I want to ask you that. Are you aware of that? The presence of God. It's this promised land that we've been given. And God has made it absolutely clear for us. But if I have to ask this morning even, like who of you this morning woke up and the first thing that you turned to was, oh, I need to get into the presence of God. Was, no, 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 we'll get, we'll get into the presence of God when we get to church. We're going to have worship. It's going to be a preach. Yeah. We make this our promised land. It's not. No, the promised land has been given. The way has been made clear for you. 
And when we're not tapping into that, we end up in a place of where God is always moving there and around us, but not in us and not with us. I don't want God to be moving around me and in other people's lives. I want him to move within me and move me with him. And that's my desire for each and every one of us here. Because I know that whatever your life, however good your life is, and amazing, and without trouble, or however desolate and dry and just like it feels like every day is a slog and murder to you, however bad your life is, the one thing and the one answer and the one solution that all of us need is Jesus and Him in everything. We can so easily say, hey, we want revival, and I do want it, because that's, if you listen to what I'm saying, you will hear, I'm saying like, I believe God is wanting to awaken revival in our hearts. But because we put revival there, we all of a sudden think it's a moment of where people shake, rattle, and roll, or a moment of where people get healed and saved, and no, it's not just a moment. God is so big that once we step into His presence, everything changes the whole time into eternity until that day that He comes back to get, to get us and we're fully perfect. Everything changes the whole time. It's always moving. If God is not moving inside of you, there should be a serious amount of holy anger and discontentment within you. And it's not that I want us to strive for anything. No. But I want us to desire it. And to dream dreams. And to say, God, oh, I want to sit, God. And, and, and that's for me what I do some days. I sit and I go, God, what do you want for the church? And I felt God so many times tell me, Rian, what do you see for my church? Yeah, start dreaming. Start dreaming. Clint, Dave, Kevin. Chad, Stephen, Uncle Greg, Leon, Clive, Donovan, Philippa, Jenny, Natalie, Monique. Start dreaming. Kim, start dreaming and go like, what is it going to look like if the presence of God fell upon each and every one of our lives? I can guarantee you this, we will not just look like this. We've made church this place for all the seemingly healthy people to come into. God is actually calling us to be a people that's out there in a broken world. And show them the love that has been placed in our hearts. This generating, regenerating, rejuvenating, making everything new kind of love. This morning on my way to, <coughs> to church, I got a crazy experience. Um, I was, I usually, there's a, like a, a coffee shop, I won't give them any advertisement, but um, <laughs> it's a coffee shop just close, down, down the road from my house, there in Panorama, and you can kind of, they've got an app, and so you can, on the app, so as I'm getting ready, it's dark, everybody's sleeping, it's early morning. As I'm getting ready, I usually order my coffee, 
and then by the time I get there, your, your coffee is ready. You just pick it up. Very convenient. And this morning, I ordered my coffee, and I got ready, and in it, I realized I forgot something, so I pulled the car out. Oh, now I've got to get back into the house. I don't, it's my mask. Um, Elim keeps on stealing my masks um, out of my car, and I'm like left without a mask, and anyway, I love you, Elin. Um, <laughs> And so this morning I was late for my coffee, because anyway, a couple of minutes late, like five minutes late for my coffee. And so I got there, and as I got to the, to the, the filling station, there was a car parked almost like in the middle of the, the, the filling station in front of the door of the coffee shop, and the doors were open, and it, like, it just looked, you know, those moments that you get just looks weird, like what's going on here? Anyway, it's my car and this car, so I stopped my car. Lock, walk into the, look into the car, and there's two guys that are not looking too good sitting in the back seat of this car. And I'm kind of like, okay, just, okay, I'm just here to pick up my coffee. And as I come to this, this um, counter, um, the, the guy that makes the coffee, the barista, he's in this little kitchen area. So I'm like, hey, sorry, just could you come to get my online order? Um, and he's like, oh, and he looks at the coffee and he's like, hey, this coffee is cold. I'm like, yeah, sorry, I know I'm late. He's like, no, I'll just warm it up for you. And so now I stand there, and he's kind of warming it up and making a new milk for me and whatever else, but just me and him standing. And I hear this big, loud noise of two guys coming. And it's two guys, you can check that they are gangsters. Um, and they're walking with their Cokes and their um, big bottles of Coke and chocolate and whatever else. And this guy, I'm like, hello, like, nice and friendly. I'm on my way to church. I don't know. Um, and as this guy walks past behind me, he starts speaking. And the things that he's saying is very violent um, to, towards me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'll just get my coffee, you know. And kind of ignore them. And in the next moment, I see the coffee guy look up. And I could see his eyes behind the thing. It looks a bit um, scary, scared. And this guy comes, and he puts his head right here, and he speaks to this guy, and he says, Hey, I am a 27, and I will kill you here today if you don't make his coffee the right way. And he shows his gun. And I'm like, whoa, this moment has just arrived. And as I'm standing there, I, I can see in my heart, it's like time stands still. I think of my girls, think of my life, and I'm okay. I'm going like, hey, I'm okay. Like, Lord, you know me. And he starts speaking to this guy, and I realize, like, in this moment, he actually doesn't have a problem with me, but he, he's being to this guy, and I go like, I can keep quiet right now. Because he's not focused on me. But in this moment, no, no, that guy's got feelings, and this guy is out of place. So I can stand for what I know is right, or I can just keep quiet and be on my merry way. And so in that moment, God gives me wisdom. Because <laughs> my, my, nature, my nature would be to fight. That, that's my response. And so going, like, okay, I can't do that. That's going to be stupid because there's other guys in the car as well. I can take these two, but 
Four? I don't know. Look, I must say this guy was a bit tipsy, so. Which makes it dangerous, even more dangerous. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to get back to why I'm saying this. I just say to the guy, hey man, is this a good guy? He makes good coffee. I come here the whole time. Don't worry. Enjoy your Coke. You can just go. Hey, look, this guy's got me sorted. And this guy, oh, really? Oh, I'm glad to hear a good guy, because otherwise I would shoot you right now. And this guy's like, I mean, it's like, and so we're just talking. And in it, I could just keep my calm, keep my cool. But when I left there, this guy, Barista, because these guys got into their car, the petrol guys are standing around because you realize, they realize like something is going to go down. It just, it's tension. These guys get in their car and eventually they leave. And this guy standing in front of me, I'm just like, are you okay? And he's just like, you could see. He, he had to go to the bathroom. Just like. What am I trying to say in this? When I, when I left there, I realized, yo, this was a crazy moment. Like, but in it, as much as it's a crazy moment, in that moment, for my life and for this guy's life and in that guy's life, if we think that the battle that we are facing here on earth is less than that or less frequent than that or less violent than that, we're making a massive mistake. Because the battle that we are facing here, the war that we are in, that Jesus is calling us into, saying, I will give you power to overcome this war, power to fight in this war, power to join me. This war has got a, a, not just a life and death, but an eternity that is at stake. So coming back to the guy that was drunk, in it this morning, I sat and I realized, in Scripture we see where God encourages us to be sober-minded, but to not be drunk with wine, much wine, but actually be drunk, give ourselves to the Spirit. Because in the Spirit of God, I would say we become more dangerous than a guy with a gun. As dangerous as that guy is, he doesn't have any control over his life in this moment. He doesn't have any, like all the inhibitions, the things that hold him back is gone. And he can go in public and just go, look, I'm, I'm going to shoot you and be serious about it. He's no control, no regard for human life. But in the same way, God calls us to a place of where we're filled with the Spirit, where the inhibitions, the things that hold us back, things that don't want us to step out, the things that want us to step back, the things that want us to hear, oh, ah, let me just, God wants us to show that those inhibitions, He wants to take it away and He wants to let His Spirit flow in us and through us. And in that, we're joining Him in what He's doing in the earth. Now, I'm going to finish off with this. In Acts 4, we see the story of Peter and John that's in front of the Sanhedrin. And they were preaching the gospel. And I'm going to highlight a couple of scriptures just because of time. And it says this. They were preaching the gospel. And just what happened just before that, I want to encourage you to go read Acts 3 and 4. 
like as they were preaching, there was a lame guy that got healed. And everybody knew this lame guy. He was lame from birth. And Peter and John prayed for him. He asked for bread, and they said, I think, yeah, he asked for bread and said, look, we can't give you anything, but what we can do for you is we can pray for you. We can give you the gospel. And this guy stood up. And people were going like, we know this guy. He's from since a baby. He's been, he, he's been, didn't, I didn't have the ability to walk. And now all of a sudden, this guy is walking. Now, if you've ever seen a person that's been lame, you know that their legs are like these thin little strips because the muscle has never been developed. So even for them to walk in a moment is almost close to impossible. Altus, hey? You're a nurse. Michaela, nurse. It's almost impossible. Any other nurses, Kevin? He's a doctor. He knows a lot about teeth, but not legs. Okay. <laughs> bones is bones. Okay. There's no muscle. So to say to this guy, to pick him up and say, come. And then this guy starts walking, and they kind of leave him. And then they go into the temple, because they want to go preach to the people. And this oak starts following them. He's like, I don't know what it looked like. But he starts following them. And then they start preaching, and uh, it says about the, um, yeah, this, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. The captain of the temple guard, this guy is a guy of serious power and influence, both spiritual and political. Like he could throw you in jail, he could banish you out of the temple, like this guy is the two I see to the high priest of the nation. Okay. These guys come and they say to Peter, you guys need to stop. And then verse 3, they say, they seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so, that the, so the number of men who believed grew about to 5,000. So these guys were preaching in the temple. The powerful people of the day came and said, Stop. And because of this guy that was lame and the message they were preaching, people just got saved even without them, with them being in, in, in jail. And then later on, a couple of days, start speaking to them again. And eventually, they start a whole bunch of things. All I'm just skipping and I want to encourage you to go and pray. Ach, go and read, pray, but also read it. Okay, and then in verse 18, it says, it says this, Then they called in, them in, Peter and John, again, and commanded them to not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Now, even in this, we can see this in our day, where what is evil have become good, and what is good has become evil. Amen? You guys know it. We see it all around us. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So in the face of these very strong people, powerful people, politically, financially, they're going like, we cannot. But there's an important part that he says here. We cannot stop talking about what we have seen and what we have heard. And so the effect of God in us, the effect of God working in us and moving around us is to get us active. 
Because once we truly see it, it is impossible to not preach. It is impossible to not pray. It is impossible to not trust for some for healing, for deliverance, for taking away of depression. It's impossible. Because what we've seen, it's like it's a, it speaks of the river of life. It's something that's alive. And you realize there's nothing else like that. So I want to ask us here this morning, are we giving ourselves to get to that place of where we can see and where we can hear? Because if not, we will become those that have a form of godliness. We can sit in church, we have our church clothes, we can post the messages on Facebook, and you can say, oh, blessed ones, and all oh, this, and all oh, that. But the power of the gospel is there to save, to make new, to bring people into a life eternal will be void. And so where God is moving, He's going to be moving there and not here. And when I look across this room, I see so many people where you have allowed yourself for God to move there instead of moving in here. And this morning, I want to call us to that place. It's like Andrew is calling us to, to, to reform and to stick to what God has given us. I want to call us as a congregation to that same thing. I want to be the alarm buzzer that is going, you're falling asleep in a time that you should be awake. Because I believe God is moving, and He is going to move. And when there's a time, if you're not moving with Him, that He's going to move on from you. And that would be a devastating day.